Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Musician's Journey. The only podcast where a globally touring musician and an executive career coach come together to reveal, explore, and celebrate the unique challenges and triumphs of artists. To help inspire your own creative journey. I'm Chelsea Sabo, executive career coach. And I'm Jed Elliott, musician and songwriter. This is The Musician's Journey. Would you like to receive weekly tips to better navigate your life and career? Join the band, where we send you one book recommendation, one action to take, one new song suggestion, and one development story to inspire. Sign up at themusiciansjourney.net. I am so very excited for our guests today. They're very close to home, very dear to my heart. And if I ask Chelsea, our very own executive coach and co-host, to do the introduction on this one, I get to sit back with our guest and listen to our accolades. Absolutely. So super excited to have Adam here today. He is the lead guitarist for the British rock band, The Struts. In 2015, they signed with Interscope and more recently with Big Machine record in 2022. The Struts' debut single, Could Have Been Me, has had over 100 million streams. They've toured with some of the biggest acts on the planet, from the Rolling Stones, Foo Fighters, Guns N' Roses, The Killers. So really excited to have Adam Slack here today. Welcome, Adam. Hello. I love that we get to celebrate those crazy highs and some of the really ridiculous things that we still we get to do in our career. but. I don't think many people know this, but even after the first time we opened for the Rolling Stones in Paris, which you would think for a band would be like the pinnacle, right? You have made it. You are, you are set for life as a rock and roll musician. You opened for the Rolling Stones. And the following weekend from that, Adam went off to do a promo job where what you would dress as like a pot noodle or something like that, like handing out flyers. <laughs> no, we were actually, um, we were dressed in drag and we were hiding inside of a giant <laughs> pot noodle. I don't think you could get away with that now, to be honest with you, because <laughs> it was either a hottie or a knotty. And I think we were the knotties. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we were dressed in drag, but yeah, in um, Sheffield, in the street, in the pouring rain. Dressed in drag, jumping out of pot noodles. <laughs> so, I mean, you were certainly a hottie. You were a hottie the week before up on stage to 80,000 people, <laughs> without a doubt. I'd like to think so. <laughs> but it's that from... Yeah. Yeah, and I think meanwhile, I was wearing a sandwich board, giving out um, 
flyers and washing up like dish soap to students. And I remember saying to this, this girl on the street, she was like, so what do you do when you're not wearing <laughs> like uh, <laughs> handing out flyers and carrying washing up liquid? And I was like, you're not going to believe how I spent last weekend. <laughs> and what's funny now is even 10 years deep into our career, and I'm sure, well, we both have plenty of tales between us ads, but um, stuff like that still happens. Like you can go from something that is so wildly um, kind of celebratory to then something that is very, very humbling. And I think that's part of the kind of slow burn career that we we have and continue to have. Um, and I think today, what we would love to touch on with you ads is maybe slightly deeper than uh, hiding in pot noodles or handing out dish soap. Um, but we wanted to talk about with the kind of ups and downs and demands of the industry, especially as we just mentioned, and we're kind of seeing that now more than ever, um, a lot of artists struggling with mental health. And this is a topic that you wanted to talk more about with us today. Um, if you could just tell us a bit about, tell us a bit about why. Um, I think mainly because I the one thing that helped me the most was knowing that I wasn't crazy and I wasn't on my own and, um, and how, well, to be fair, it was what the, the when I went to therapy, um, the first thing, I oh, you know when I regurgitated my brain all over him, um, he just laughed and said like, Oh, this is normal. And that was just kind of like, Oh, and also my mom, who's also, pretty much I think it's hereditary because <laughs> we're very similar but but because my brain was what I thought was crazy I didn't tell anyone because I thought oh I'm, you know they're gonna think I'm crazy so but when I finally opened up to my mum she kind of shared her thoughts with me and that's what it was almost like a this huge relief off my shoulders um so I guess that's the reason why I, I'm happy to talk about it because it, that's the one thing that help me the most. All right. First off, Adam, I just thank you for being willing to touch on a topic that many people, to your point, feel is a bit taboo. And now we're seeing more of more of it come out. But, you know, artists like you that are courageous enough and vulnerable enough to put their stories out, to put their experiences out, will will provide what your mom provide, what your therapist, you know, did for you, for others. So just kind of out the gate, deep appreciation for, for you being willing to go here today with us. When it comes to mental health, what specifically were you navigating? Um, it was, it, I mean, it started, it was like some family stuff happened and then, oh, uh, no, I, I got like, um, what I what I guess you now well what I'd call now but at the time I didn't know was like intrusive thoughts and OCD, and I always thought OCD was um oh I need to clean things all the time or I I have to have books lined up in a certain way, but mine was um compulsive like rituals are just you know thoughts that were really horrible and then I couldn't really mm. it was like constantly over and over and over again and it was just so debilitating really and then obviously because of these thoughts so like not nice that you don't really want to share it with people so then you're kind of stuck in it but then you're in a loop and that kind of happened um when I was like 19 
for like maybe well, 20, 21 maybe um, for a couple of years. And then it went away after I spoke to my mum about it. But then when we came to go on the road in America in 2015, it kind of all came back like, but like tenfold. And then, you know, we were trying to do radio promo and I'm just there like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it was it, and the way my brain worked was like, oh, your mum was just lying. She didn't really think that she was just trying to make you feel better. And then it was like, oh, so it's not, you know, it was like I, my analogy is like asking water not to be wet because you, you know it's so stupid, these thoughts. But it, every time you try and rationalise it, it finds a way of unrationalising it again. Um, so that was the main thing. And then that's when I w- went to therapy in 2015 um, for that. And that's when he kind of told me what it was. Because at, at that point, I didn't really know what it was. It was just like, uh, they're they going to lock me away, you know? <laughs> of course. Well, and, and, you know, I think for a lot of us, when you have these extreme thoughts, you know, that that's the, that's the worst case. That's the thing, the fear we go to. And um, to your part, you know, to your point, having a therapist say, you're not crazy. This mm. is normal. Did that give you what you needed to like once and for all, like be like, oh yeah, my mom wasn't just saying that to me. Like, was that enough to help calm the, um, normalize the thoughts? It was, it was for a time. Like it kind of, I think, cause I, I think I was just bubbling up to this moment of going to therapy because that's what I was so afraid of. So after the set first session, I was like, oh, okay, well, I feel a bit, like a bit of relief, but it was still still in like my heart, like in my gut still. And then he actually did prescribe me, um, it's a Talipram, which I think is like an anti-anxiety thing, um, like pill. And then I think placebo even though it does do what it does but even just having something to take at the time to know that it was going to help me was already from like the first I had to do half a pill to start with and then just doing that was like almost it felt felt better and um I think I had five more sessions but then over like I was meant to be on them for a year but by nine months I just forgot to take them and which you shouldn't do, mm. <laughs> but um, but then I was like, well, I feel fine. So <laughs> so and since then, it, you know, more or less, I've got, I've got. I mean, there's other things I do now, but um, at first, it definitely was it, like it, it helped. But then it's it, it's weird. Those the brain it, it's it tries to just find a flaw in everything. You know, well maybe yeah, he's right, but what if he's not? Right, right, right. It tries to. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask because that's a big step, right? You have these these worries that something's wrong with me, that I'm crazy, that if I'm honest and I tell people X will happen, and I'm sure there's people listening right now that can relate to that Mm. on on some level. And you're touring, and you have all this exciting stuff happening. What was? You're okay. I'm going to walk in that door to therapy, whether it's a virtual door or or a literal door. What what did you root into that got you through? Um, I think I just, uh, I just hit. I guess what you'd say, not like rock bottom, because it wasn't like I was. It just got. It was so debilitating that it was just. Um, 
I, I called our manager up and I just said, I can't, because it was right at the start of the tour as well. And I just saw, mm. you know, this is August 2015. And I think we were out, well, well, the plan was to be out till December, till the new year. So, and I was like, this was the first radio station. I remember it was in, it was WMMR in Philadelphia. And um, it was the first one. And I was like, it's already this bad. And it was, it was just, mm. it was, I just wasn't there because it was almost like I was having a whole conversation in my brain while I'm trying to do other things and be on stage and talk to people and, and be on to these people that are playing our song on the radio. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Why do I feel so shit? And then you like, that doesn't help either. So it's, um, it just got to the point where I just couldn't, I, I just, yeah, I just thought I can't function like this. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this. So, um, help <laughs> basically yeah well and um so i'm curious you you reached out to your manager where did jed in the band and i let you know i'll have a question for jed in a minute but when did they know beforehand was it after how do you determine who to tell and when um i don't know if i did say anything at the time i think i just said um I'm going to go get therapy. I mean, I think you guys, kind of, I think I'd have, I think I'd alluded because uh, like I say, when I was like 2021, 20, it first started, but then it went away. So I think they knew I had struggled with stuff like that. Um, but I didn't, I don't know if I really went into detail at the time. And so I don't know. And then at that point it was like, I wasn't, I don't know if I felt that comfortable talking about it to the band, you know? I think that's one of the best things about therapy is that you get a completely non-biased opinion and they don't know you either. So, and they don't know anyone that you know. So it's kind of like a safe space to really be vulnerable with someone, which is weird because it's, you don't even know them either. But that's what I think helped me anyway. Well, let, let's just stop there for a second because that's a huge thing. I, I just want to celebrate for you in a second. Like back then, not feeling comfortable talking to anybody maybe but your therapist. And, and here you are on a podcast yeah, talking about it <laughs> to, to help others get to the point you are. So yeah. really just locking into that, that growth that you've you've done yeah. and now to be helping others is is pretty pretty freaking cool yeah i never thought of it like that so yeah that's yeah that's <laughs> good <laughs> and jed what about you for anybody on here that you know they have a bandmate or someone in their band camp or just you know in in their circle that it do, did you know anything that was going on how did you handle it i think these things if you keep them on the inside usually manifest somewhere else on the outside, right? And so while I don't know that I necessarily knew what I, I knew and understood that ads was going through a difficult time and, and also why it was so conflicting because we've just signed in the United States. We're on tour for the first time. We've got a radio station that actually wants to play our music. So it's even more of a conflict at that moment in time, right? Cause you want to celebrate all these highs. And I think, um, I think just knowing knowing that one of your your brothers your best mates 
is going through something that you know they can't and at the time we're all drinking too much like we are really um we are we're all for celebration but we certainly celebrated a bit too hard totally totally mindlessly and i think <laughs> there was a disconnect between there was a disconnect for ads and this is just in my opinion from like I knew how desperately he wanted to lean into this and enjoy it. And I could tell he wasn't enjoying it. And I, but I knew that the Adam from the early days of the band and the Adam that I see backstage every day fucking loves what he does. And I saw this disconnect in him. We didn't know what it, I didn't know from the outside what it was. Um, but I just think for me, it was a desire for, it was a desire to understand my best mate. Um, and so I think being there to, um, I don't know. I like to think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I was rubbish, but I, <laughs> I always like to like think that <laughs> as you processed stuff, you always did have somewhere to go once it felt like less of a burden, uh, you were carrying, you know, mm. and that, that, that's yeah. kind of, I think being, I think that role to leave an open line of communication, even if it's manifested through behavior that you can give certain labels to or i think actually trying to connect is really what other band members can do if they see something um something going on with a member um that they know that just isn't maybe they're where they where they want to be themselves you know adam on that note was there anything that one of your bandmates or your manager or anybody did that really kind of you were like, oh, this this thing really helped move the needle, or this supported me when when this happened. Um, there, there was a, a couple of things. I, part of the, I think the reason was as well. If I'm honest, is just um, I was in quite. A, looking back, I didn't realize, but a quite a toxic relationship, and my at the time girlfriend was back in England, and um, she you know what I'd, I'd say is I don't think she could help it but like she gave me like it was just I, I could never really settle I felt like I was torn in two all the time it wasn't like yeah you'd go live your dream it was like why aren't you here I'm alone and there's constant guilt tripping mm. and um and so you, feeling torn in two like that really didn't help either um and I think I remember Jed saying one night in uh, we were in New York, rather pickled, but um, maybe that's what gave him the because uh, it's hard when you because I've I've seen friends that are in bad relationships, and sadly, you can't really say anything until they see it for themselves and need to get out. And everyone knew I was in like a bad situation, but Jed just said like, "Come on, man!" Like, I can't. I'm paraphrasing because, like I said, both a bit pickled, but it was something like. I just don't think you should carry on with this. And then, um, and then I also had a friend in Nashville, and I was explaining everything to him, and he just said, "You know, you, you, how old was I then? 24, 25? He was like, Adam, what are you doing? You're gonna ruin this, the best time of your life. And I know it's hard, and I know you might love her and stuff, but um, I think you need to get out of this. And you know." I did. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and that helped, but you know, I, you know, I don't like talking bad about anyone, but, um, 
it just it's just one of those things. I think it's a lot to ask of someone to be with someone that is in a band. It's like it's and does that kind of thing. So it's it works. It's, sometimes it just doesn't work, and the, that just didn't work. And um, you know, I don't have any grudges, but it was um, it's just something that I had to go through, and um, I learned a lot from it. So um, yeah, so it was. I think that a couple of you know, Jed and, and another one of my friends is saying like, you know. Because I think I, I I was so guilt tripped that I thought I can never I can't never yeah. leave you, so uh, this is it forever. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. like the light bulb moment kind of happened. I said, like, well, it doesn't have to be like that, and that's fine, you know. So um, difficult at the time, but I think it was the right decision. And well, definitely it was the right decision. And uh, onwards and, up, <laughs> and onwards and uh, upwards, yeah. Well, yeah, and and you know, with that, I think that's transferable in so many ways. So thanks for sharing kind of the, the core of it, because people on here listening can probably apply it to them where, you know, if you give, I hear Jed and and your mate giving you honest, direct Mm. insight that might be really hard, but they're being brave to give it because they care for you that much. And I think on the other side of that, that can be really inspiring for somebody to see when I say, Hey, out of all the things that were done, what moved the needle the most? And that's, you know, what it did. I think it could give somebody a little bit of confidence to, to say that or whatever their truth is. Yeah, that's so true. Didn't, yeah. Cause who knows if they hadn't said anything, maybe I would have just, uh, you know, put myself through, you know, a lot more misery for a lot longer. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, that's true. It's, that's a really good point. Yeah, speak up. You've created this kind of support network around you. I've seen um, how amazing it is with um, with your girlfriend, Kelsey, and with your mum. Because obviously when you first refer to that, right, that was the first time in 2015 you, you or 2022, I can't remember what you said, um, that you'd had that conversation with your mum. But that only that bond only strengthens over time because I'm sure you've since shared way more stories. She's told you more from her past and yeah. how she's working through that herself in real time. And you've obviously experienced an awful lot since then too. So how have you been able to, um, do you feel that your support network has grown from a, from a point where you felt like you could tell nobody, you didn't even want to hear it yourself to then... Um, mm to then finding those people in your life that you are able to call upon and just understand you. So you don't even need to even necessarily say as much as I'm going through something right now. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think almost to, um, well, like, yeah, my mum, yeah, like you say, me and her are really close and that. And I think it was actually as far back as 2011. That's when I really, I think I first opened up to her about it. And like you say, Kelsey, like me and her are, you know, best friends more than anything. And we also share a lot of similarities in that. So we support each other loads. And she supported me massively in highs and lows. And it's great to have some, the, the contrast is, very high you know it's a lot different to what I was used to and um so no it's it's like it was that was what was so amazing I think and it's actually I remember um 
uh, Joel Madden from Good Charlotte said to me on his tour bus when I was in my last relationship, and he said, you'll find someone that um, pushes you towards what you want to do rather than pulls you back. And I was like, no, I don't think that exists. And then when me and Kelsey got together, I was like, oh, he was right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so no, that's, that's massive. And also since I've come out of the other end, I mean, I still have to manage my brain. I don't think, I think that's one thing that's changed is I don't think there was ever going to be a cure for my brain. Not that it's a, a disease or anything like that, but it's just about managing it rather than, and not getting to that low point again and being able to, you know, stabilize my, myself. And what I've seen, I've got friends, even one of my best friends from home and just well, a lot of friends from home because they knew that I'd been through it. So then they've gone through similar things and I've been a support network for them. And in turn, they have for me. So it's just, um, and I think I've been open, not to a fault, but I'm very open about it now because when I was, when you're in it and it's that, like I say, it was that unbearable. When you're out of it, the relief, you're like, oh, I just want to sing it from the rooftops. Like, I want to help, it, it, you know, do anything to make anyone who ever felt anything like I was feeling feel better. I was down. Hence why I'm on this. Um, yeah, for that. So um, I think definitely it's grown. And I think us as a band has grown massively as well. Like we have very frank conversations with each other. Um, and I think that's just because we've grown, you know, we spent so much time together. And, you know, I think all of us at some stage have had, I have my thing, you've had your thing. Everyone's had moments where they've um, felt some form of, you know, disassociation with what's going on. And I think um, our communication has just got better from that and having those sit down talks. It might be about stuff that's to do with the band, but then that's kind of trickles into, oh, right, what's going on with you? How are you feeling? And stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, that answers the question. <laughs> no, that, that's a great point as well, because I do think that's something that is has become more unique for our band um, and just something that I celebrate so hugely of like in recent years is you're absolutely right. You could start as a conversation. And this is often the same in like, um, with partners as well, right? Like you could have what you might have an argument about probably isn't actually the core issue. Right. And I think the fact that in real time yeah. we can have conversations and be able to listen to actually what is beneath that for that individual and still like, and maybe you totally disagree with, with what somebody's saying. Maybe like you're mad at them, but part of you knows that there's something beneath there that is like actually probably needs some, just needs to be listened to. And I do think that we've got a lot, mm. a lot better about that. Well, we certainly have got a lot better about that um, over the last few years because also as you think about that time on the tour bus where you kind of didn't know what was, um, what was happening in your mind. You didn't know how to articulate it. You didn't know, you didn't want to tell anybody. And again, to Chelsea's point, here you are on a podcast talking about it, having spoken to a bunch of your friends mm. about it and inspired other people that we've met on, ro on the road in other bands that we've come across. You've had these amazing conversations and really helped other people too. And um, 
the fact that we can have those conversations in the front lounge of the bus, the fact that I chat, we chatted about this with, um, with Mike Moody from Max Satin on another podcast episode. And I was saying to him that when I really started putting in those self-care practices and meditation was something that really helped me with dealing with kind of low mood depression in about 2012, maybe, um, when I was starting to do meditation, we'd be in the band van, like driving through France or driving to a gig in England. And I would pretend to be asleep because I was like wanting to meditate, but I just thought it was like weird or like, it didn't feel like something I wanted people to see. Right. And now like I'll do my meditation yeah. and yoga in the front lounge of the bus and we're all out there having conversations yeah. about our mental health. So it's like, yeah. I think if that's one thing that listeners can take, if they are experiencing similar things within them and, in their own, their artist camp, even if they're a solo artist, the idea that um, even quiet little Brits like us that were closed off, that didn't want to talk about it, if we are able to get to a point where our front lounge looks like a yoga studio and therapy room, like it's possible <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I just love the environment that that you and your band have created for that to happen. And the, you know, for anybody feeling this and maybe you're meditating quietly in your bunk right now, just knowing that slowly over time, if you keep connecting with it and integrating it into your own life, you can get there with the support of, of your bandmates and anybody else on, on the boat. Yeah. Or on the van <laughs> or boat. Maybe I guess depend where you're going. Yeah. Um, on the tour. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Adam, you mentioned something really important um, that can either in some ways make or break mental health, and that's relationships. Mm -hmm. And you talk about the contrast between your initial relationship and your initial and, and your current relationship. 
and just the difference in that. And, and while yes, the people we're in partnership with can, can affect the outcome of, of what we're experiencing in the relationship. I think a lot of it too, is our self-worth mm. and what we value and what we think we're deserving of and what we will allow and what we won't allow. And it sounds like Jed and your buddy coming and seeing like, this is, this is not it yeah. allowed you to kind of shift into this worthiness of, of this is what I am. And because of that, you've created this beautiful relationship that you have now. Mm. So for anybody that's in a relationship where that person isn't cheering them on, that person isn't supporting them and they believe that that's the best they can get because there's nothing else out there. What, what would you say to them? Um, I think well, one, I'm not a very confrontational person. Um, so I think that was, but then you don't have to be confrontational to stand up for what your feelings are. And if that causes confrontation, then that's, that's a thing in itself, I think. But um, I think speaking up about what you're feeling and if you do think something's wrong, um, say it. And I think I, but it's hard because when you get, when you're not a confrontational person and the other person is, and they keep saying you're, I, I got kept getting told that I was doing something wrong or I was a bad person because of this, that, and the other. And then, you know, looking back, I wasn't doing anything wrong. But when someone keeps telling you you're doing something wrong, eventually you'll start believing it. Um, so I, I think it's just, um, I think just standing up for yourself. Knowing that if something feels wrong to you, no matter what somebody else is telling you, it is it is wrong for you, and you deserve to anchor into that. If I had stuck up for myself and just, you know, went into the confrontation, if it was going to cause that, and just said like, "No, this is what I'm doing," and you know, if you don't, <laughs> if you can't handle it, then let's just be, let's agree that this isn't going to work, and there's no no harm done <laughs> you know it might be sad because we you know we we care for each other but in the long run I think that's what I said in the end I called her and said are you happy she said no and I said me either what the, what are we doing <laughs> it's like but I think that that question that you just gave us is are we happy um is are you happy am I happy and if not like what what, what are we doing I think can be supportive for anybody just anchoring into your truth and then asking those questions and staying with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Adam, I have a question for you. And this is a little bit of a, a personal share too and, and a question tacked onto it. Um, so I, our family has come to, to many, many of our show, of your shows. Uh, Gethin is our youngest, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, you know, our son was named Gethin. And so, so I've had the luxury of seeing all of you perform and there was one show in particular, I don't remember if it was Bologna or which one it was, but I turned to Peter and I said, Hol like, holy shit, like Adam is just like glowing. Like what is going on? Like there was full on like your stage presence. Like I, that's what my eyes were on. It wasn't on what Luke's costume was in that moment. You know, mm -hmm. it was on like, and I couldn't stop watching. and. um you know, later didn't, didn't find out much other than like you, you had worked through some stuff and it seemed like you were on the other side. So if, if 
you know, um, me as, as someone who attends concert, but maybe, maybe not a strutter completely, like I'm not in the groups. Um, <laughs> but like where, if I could see that, did other fans see that? And, and how did that, um, play into your journey? I'm trying to think of what show that was just, a. Was it recently or was this like years ago? No, it was it was it was a few years ago. Oh. And it was just like something's different. Nothing was wrong before. I wouldn't have thought a thing. But the contrast, and then and then you've always kind of remained in that in that larger stage presence, in this engagement, in this I, I remember actually talking about that. Um we played a show in Napa once and I was and um I was going through going through the ringer and then someone commented on the picture like or it was in the Strutters group, like, Adam looked like he didn't even want to be there tonight. And I was like, oh, man, I thought I hit it so well. <laughs> but um, no, I think it's just like, I probably got, came out the other end of it all and um, had a new lease of life. I was free, <laughs> you know. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so. And like, and you know, I, now, like I say, in the best relationship ever. And that just, that's that feeling of, is uh just the best uh, well that is i think extremely inspiring for anybody that you know goes back to you know where you were in 2015 or, or that time where you were hesitant to even share your thoughts to now go through this journey to be you know touring in the way you are with in our wonderful relationship just to show that there there is another side to the journey when you have the courage to to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just really want to share, you know, as, as we wrap this up and, and we talk about mental health, just all of the, the good elements that you've left us with today. And I think just the beginning of the idea of there's all different types of mental health. You know, we might hear mental health and think of one thing, or even we might think of OCD and think of one thing, but there's a plethora of other things that can go there. So just letting people know that, you know, there's, it's, it's more than one thing and it's, a, it's a, you know, just being open to that. And the idea that I think one of the messages that's really powerful that you're giving people is that idea of you're not crazy. Even at the moment where you think you're crazy, you're not. And there's probably a therapist, uh, someone in your community or somebody that can normalize it for you. And, and just the, the gift of that and encouraging, if, if that's in your head, uh, and I coach a lot of people and that's in a lot of people's heads. So uh, we're all crazy if all of us are right. I'll, t I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, and then just the idea for bandmates, you know, how do you support somebody going through it? And with that, being honest, being direct, giving space. All, you know, to the point that eventually we all get to the front of the van and somebody's doing yoga and somebody's talking, you know, or therapy and um, that you can morph and, and grow there together. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the, the biggest element, which I think for all of this too, is just knowing that it's, it's, you're managing it. It's, it's not an end game, right? It's a continual management of, of what you're going through for one, for your, your band camp to understand and navigate with you. And then there's freedom in that. And I think I'll just add, like I, I kind of went back to therapy a couple of years ago because I had a bit of a, another blip and he gave me some of like, you know, what I guess is CBT 
and tools to deal with it better. And that's something that I, I take on now. And then I've also just started doing it again now because therapy, I mean, because I don't want to um, only go when it's crisis mode. Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's about maintaining. It's about kind of, well, doing that, you know, just talking to someone on the regular when things aren't, when shit hasn't hit the fan. And I think that's just something I think is, um, I don't, and I think it's just the same thing about stigma about um, therapy and mental health and all that stuff. So, well, what, why are you going? There's nothing wrong. So, because I want to keep it that way. <laughs> and honestly, thank you so much for, um, for saying that as well with uh, just, just normalizing conversations around it and, uh, and doing the work and looking inward and being present, um, living and breathing it when you're not in crisis mode. I think that is an incredibly important message. I think so many people miss is that you kind of imagine therapy, um, and, I, and again, I thought the same thing with meditation. I like love, that's not my favorite thing to do every day. And, and I used to think there was this thing I did when I was depressed. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now it's just like, right. I've done therapy when I've been in the best, best place in my life. And I'm like, and it's, and it's equally as important then as it is when it's in crisis mode. And that was a really, I'm so glad you said that point, Adam, because that's a, um, a really big thing. Um, I think more people should, should hear. Yeah, and another thing that I've, I've, you know, one thing that's massive for me is imposter syndrome. But like, what I think this, it, it can come for anything. But I think a lot of musicians, especially, have it. Um, and I was having a comment. I can't remember who I was talking to. About. I think it was my family because I was just on a family trip. And I said, you know, if it wasn't for the imposter syndrome, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So I'm trying to change my like thoughts on it because before it was always well oh i'm shit i don't deserve anything i'm a shit guitar player i go on instagram and i see these great guitar players i'll never be like them oh i don't deserve to do this and then i just try and look at it like well if i thought i was the shit then i wouldn't have tried any harder to get to where i am so it's like almost thanking that and welcoming it instead of going up letting it own me i'm like no thank you for coming and pushing me to pick up the guitar and practice my alternate picking for an hour <laughs> because if i thought i was great then i wouldn't do it <laughs> you know or if i was amazing then, then see that's where my brain goes well if you were amazing then you wouldn't need to practice but then you know i think every every musician never stops learning or anyone in any field doesn't stop learning so just welcoming the uh and I do that with the, the the thoughts as well. Welcome them in instead of fighting it. Like, thank you, you're here, but I don't need you today. Thank you very much. I love that because the more of a wall or the more of the battle, the stronger they get. You feed them. So I think that's such a good reminder for for all of it. It's just yeah. welcome. We would like to ask you about your well-being rider. So this is what one item, tool, or practice can you absolutely not go without in your life as a musician? Mine would be going for a walk on my own i like walking on a day of show and stuff like that and uh just i think just time on my own honestly is the best which is weird because i'm such a people person i definitely love being around and having a good time with friends and you know band and crew and 
everything. But um, I think for me, if I'm a bit over stimulated, I think I need to just be on my own and go for a walk or um, get my own room in a hotel and get my gaming laptop out and just play World of Warcraft for a couple of hours. (laughs) And just, uh, I think it's just a good distraction. I I find video games, especially when I was in, you know, like what I was talking about earlier, when it's when the brain's overloaded, do that escapism time on my own or playing video games or something like that. That's, that's what works for me. Love it. I also think that's um, that's just looking at your own needs and filling the tank back up, right? That's the because the, I do the same same two things. I, I would be on my well being rider as well, honestly. Um, and uh, it, that that's something that you need to do to refill the tank and and respect your own needs. Okay, so uh, final thing before we let you run, because you probably need some sleep, my dude, because I know that you're so jet lagged. You just got back from England. So even more of a thank you for being here with us today, because I know you're you're so fried. Um, so let's take a look at what was left behind in the green room for you. So we have a question from Mike Moody, your very good friend, your other fellow long-haired guitar champion. So he has asked you, what is one piece of art that helps you reset? I think Green Day or something like that. You know, if I listen to American Idiot or Dookie or something, um, it's just like a comfort blanket because that's what I felt. That's what made me fall fall in love with and made me want to be a musician. And I know it like the back of my hand and it's just, uh, you know, it's just a comfort blanket. So that helps me reset, I guess. And I put get in the car or go on a walk and just blast those songs. And that's, yeah, it's the nostalgia just, I don't know, it helps me reset, I guess. And then what would you like to leave behind in the green room for our next guest? Does it have to be like mental health leaning or can it just be? Honestly, anything. I think anything, my friend. I think you've you've shared so much with us today, Adam, that whatever you want to ask, whatever you want to leave behind in the green room, which actually in real life, not metaphorically as a question, you are very good at leaving stuff behind in the green room. I've rescued many <laughs> leather jackets for you, inhalers. <laughs> oh, I've, I've lost so I lost so much shit over the years. Uh, what is what's the moment that? Because well, I have a moment, a light bulb moment, where I was like, "That's what I want to do for the rest of my life." What was the moment that made you want to be a musician, and? What did you feel? What was it and what did it make you feel? Because for me, it was seeing Green Day on TV. And I was like, that's me. Okay. I want to do, it was Minority, the music video. And I was like, that's 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 all I want to do. And um, it, may, it doesn't have to be a light bulb moment, but like, what is it? Was it your parents or something? Amazing. Yeah. What was the moment they made you want, want to go on this musician, on this journey of oh, being a musician? Oh, look at you, bringing it home. Oh, He's brought it home. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Well, Adam, thank you so, so much for being on here for the musician's journey today. You've, uh, I know that that, especially with the jet lag as well, like it's already a topic that I've heard you talk about kind of behind closed doors. And I think, um, I know that probably wasn't easy for you today to, to share a lot of that. So celebrating that and just saying deep, deep gratitude and thank you so much for, for sharing your vulnerability with us and, uh, just your truth, just your journey. So thank you so much, Mr. Adam Slack. Oh, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. This podcast is designed to provide insights and information on personal issues facing musicians. We are not healthcare professionals. 
Information provided is not a substitute for professional healthcare advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions regarding a medical condition. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.